Welcome in to the Independence Day edition of the Think Deeper podcast. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a shorter one for you this uh, this week. Uh, obviously, we're celebrating. I know you guys have probably got something, got the day off, uh, grilling, cooking out, going somewhere, uh, fishing, mountains. You know, it, I, I hope everyone's getting to take the day uh, a little bit uh, and celebrate. I think Joe and I are still celebrating a uh, Stanley Cup championship. Um, you know, that's right. That's right. So we're, we'll be celebrating that for the next 10 months, hey, probably I, we're, you're champs until you're <laughs> not. So that's, uh, that's right. We're going to remind you of that regularly. Will. um, so yeah, I mean, just lots of good going on and, uh, will, you know, heading up to camp. And so we're, we're just kind of hopping in, recording a brief one and, uh, moving on and, and we'll get back to kind of the fuller episodes next week. But we wanted to talk about the 4th of July, about Christians, about patriotism. I mean, there's flag waving and fireworks and, and we can get into that stuff. And then there's kind of the side of it of Christians shouldn't be patriotic. Christians shouldn't identify with a nation. This world is not my home. We wanted to explore that. Where do Christians stand on patriotism? Is patriotism even a, an option for Christians? And so uh, let's just jump right in. As I said, uh, we'll try and keep this one brief. Joe, you, you catch that, right? Hey, zip it. <coughs> I'm doing better. <laughs> yeah, you're doing better. So oh, just off topic before we jump in. Uh, we, we decided we're going to name our listeners. This is the Think Deeper podcast. You guys, the listeners, are the deep thinkers, right? So when we refer to the there deep thinkers, go. that's you guys. And the deep thinkers know that Joe can be a little long-winded. So uh, we'll, we'll try and rein this a one A little long-winded, uh, yeah. Just a little. A lot long-winded. All right. So, <laughs> But because they're deep thinkers, they majorly appreciate all of my amazing contributions. It's true. So thanks, it's true. Thanks, <laughs> deep thinkers. It yeah. uh, sounds like a band name, honestly. The, the deep thinkers? Like, Long-winded Joe and the Deep Thinkers, like a um, <laughs> little bluegrass band or something. This is definitely a holiday episode. This is great. Um, <laughs> all right, so as we get into the patriotism thing, um, well, I'll, I'll just start you guys off with it. Uh, where do you stand on it? I mean, well, uh, let me start because to me, and I think it's it, the, the question of should we be patriotic, as somebody who has grown up in the Deep South my entire life, I really haven't been experienced or I haven't been exposed, I should say, to a lot of people who are on the side of, well, we shouldn't be patriotic, right? I mean, the South is kind of notorious for being uh, the, the stand up, the have your flag out front, the, you know, very, very patriotic. And so I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if that's a regional thing as far as maybe different parts of the country, but as somebody who's grown up in the South, I haven't been super exposed to people who are like, well, we probably shouldn't be patriotic, or we shouldn't have an American flag. And I know they exist, and now that, of course, I'm older and you know, branching out social media and such, I know there are people out there like that. But I don't know if, if y'all have seen maybe more as y'all grew up in Colorado. Jack, you're obviously in the, one of the most patriotic states there is in Texas currently. But w- what do y'all have to say to that? I think there is a regional element, because uh, you know, also there's the, the military element. The South is very big on that, you know, God and country and, and, and dedication and all that. And I think one of the other things is through the Bush years into the Obama years, especially among millennials, there was a lot of disenchantment, disillusionment with politics. Uh, Promises were made. They didn't fulfill what they said they were going to be. You thought things were going in a a more hopeful, better direction. And and people just really didn't like the direction things were going. And so Christians kind of got into that, this world is not my home, uh, above it all thing. And, And so I think there's a lot of that. I think you're right that regionally you probably don't see it as much in the South, but it's out there. Um... I think it also goes along lines of progressive and conservative in Christianity. A lot of times the more conservative a church, the more patriotic, the more progressive a church, the less patriotic. And and so 
there's a there's a lot of factors underlying it, but that, it it does put that question forward: Should we be uh, patriotic? Is because uh, I think a lot of people look with scorn on kind of the the southern churches that are very much that right. way. And I, I think there is a negative side. I mean, First Baptist Dallas is infamous for their they have a term for it, something Sunday, the, the Sunday before uh, the fourth. It's all flags everywhere. They sing America the Beautiful and God Bless America. All of the hymns are, are patriotic hymns. They have a politician come in and speak about God and country. And, and everyone looks at that, and, and you can tell there's something off with that. It's like this is about Christ. This is about his body and blood and, and his family coming it's, together. They're glorifying America instead of instead of God. Right, right. right. It, it goes way too far. And so everyone looks at that and goes, that's bad. But then it's like, okay, how far back do you need to come before it's good or does it become good at any point i think this citizenship is a you know as part of it um you can kind of get into the the citizenship matter i think it's okay to be proud of your state but also to recognize that god's people you know the place we're citizens of like that's the church is god's people and not america and i think people can get off on that and be like you see the t-shirts and the bible passages that that have the american flags on them and you know, this psalm passage is talking about America. No, no, it's really not. It's talking about God's people, which at the time was Israel and now is is the church. Um, and so there's a little bit of that. But on the positive end of it, though, I do think it's okay to be patriotic. I think it's okay to be, um, to like where you live and to be, pr- like, proud of your nation, proud of, of your people, your heritage. I think you see this with um, various parts of Scripture. I think we were talking off air um, you see Paul invoking his Roman citizenship, right? I appeal to Caesar and, and things that he's using his citizenship as, as uh, to the to God's glory, of course, but he's not shying away from it. I'm, I'm not a citizen of Rome. No, he recognizes that he is. He's using it for God's glory, of course, but I think we can do the same where we don't shy away from the fact that we are citizens of arguably the greatest country in the history of the world and the freest country in the history of the world. And there are a lot of things that are built on like Western civilization is built on Christian ideals and America has been held up as that. And you can look at it and say, we're off base here. You can get into slavery or whatever it may be. But overall, we have been a Christian nation unlike anything this world has ever seen. And I think that's something to be proud of. So I think there is a positive side to this. Well, the citizenship thing, obviously Philippians uh, 3.20 plays a, plays a part in it where Paul he says our citizenship is in heaven, but it's important to understand kind of the context and what he's going into right before that when he's talking about uh, those that walk that are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19, he says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, and who set their mind on earthly things. And then he goes into, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I think a lot of this has to do with perspective, right? Are you more vocal about your patriotism than you are your Christianity. If you are, that's a problem, right? If, if you're prouder of the fact that you're a full-blooded American or that you were, you know, served in the military or whatever, if you're prouder of that than you are the fact that you are, you wear the name of Christ, that, you know, that, that Christ died for, for you and that that's some, that's the label that you have as well, then that is an issue. At the same time, if you, if you keep the perspective of, yeah, I understand this world is not my home. I understand that unlike the rest of the world, I've got hope even if this world goes or this country goes in the tank, right? Because my citizenship is in heaven. If you understand that, but you can also at the same time, you know, celebrate the 4th of July, right? Shoot off fireworks, be proud of your country. I I don't see anybody that, that has a leg to stand on that's going to argue against that. I think one of the other things that has twisted this discussion that I think some Christians bristle against is 
the national identity has become so much about rights. I have a right to this. I have a right to that. I, I get to do what I want. You can't tell me what I want. And then other side of, of rights of, you know, people say the right to abortion, the right to this, the right to that. Patriotism is and, and country and, and all of that is not about rights. It's about duty. It's about duty to your fellow man. It's about duty to your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself, we say. And and some of the great Christian thinkers of history, uh, you know, Aquinas and others, talked about how there, there's it's kind of like a ripple effect with the circles going out from there. Your direct neighbor, I mean, your closest is your family. If, if you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel. Uh, your church family and all that. But then you've got your direct neighbor, your next door neighbor, your your fellow Texan, Tennessean, Alabama, and whatever uh, it may be, your your countrymen, you know, and, and it's this these concentric, these these circles that go out from you. You have duty to them. God has given, you know, put, placed you there to love them, to serve them and all that. And, and so when we talk about patriotism, it is looking at this nation and saying, there, there's a sense of honoring father and mother in it as well, and, and there's a sense of gratitude in it as well. Of, uh, you know, that that term of you're born on third base and thought you hit a triple. Um, a lot of people are you know born into this nation with all the rights that they have, all the good things that they have, because other people before them took it up as a duty to help and to provide and to make a better life for their children, their grandchildren. You know, they they talked about in the the founding documents. You'll read the founders talk about for posterity's sake. We don't think that way. We're me, me, me. We're a childless society. We don't even have a replacement rate, birth rate, birth rate, because it's all me all the time. But if you're thinking about duty, you're thinking about providing a life for your neighbor and his kids and grandkids and your kids and grandkids. And so we want this place to be the best that it can be for these people. That's a sense of loving and serving and doing what is right and what God wants you to. And gratitude affects the past, the present, and the future. We're grateful for the men and women who gave their lives going all the way back to the beginning with the Founding Fathers, the things they were able to do, even the pilgrims going back there and them coming over on the on the Mayflower, right? Like, we're grateful for the sacrifices that those people were willing to make that we might live in this country because the other side of it is, would you rather be born in communist China and never have an opportunity or ver- have a very slim opportunity of knowing God? Well, that's thanks to the men and women who served in the military and who also... You know, they, they died for this country. They have raised us up, and so we're grateful for that. It should cause us to be thankful for our fellow Americans and fellow neighbors and our family in the present. And as you talked about, Jack, it should inform our sense of duty going into the future um, to make sure that we're praying for them, making sure we're taking care of them, and that we are continuing to pick up that mantle and say, okay, in, in 300 more years, 250 more years, what is this country going to look like? What am I doing about it to ensure that my great-great-great-grandchildren will have the rights and freedoms and, and the duties that I have? Right. There's an element of patriotism that is being grateful for the way that God has blessed not just you and your family, but also your country. I I think back to Joshua chapter 4 when he commands them, hey, set up these memorial stones. Well, why? For what purpose? You know, when they cross the Jordan uh, on dry ground and he commands them, hey, set up these memorial stones. And Well, what's the purpose? It's so that when your children ask, hey, what do these stones mean to you? It's this is what happened. This is the way that the Lord blessed us. And again, this was before they inherited the promised land. This was this was as they were going into to conquer Canaan. Right? This was before Jericho. Was before AI. So they're going into this land, right? This place where they're going to live. This place where they're going to to set up shop, essentially. And he says, "Hey, remember these things, so that you can teach your children. Yes, teach them about the journey itself. Teach them about the way we came into this land. Right? That's kind of the patriotism, the earthly side. But then also." Teach them how great the Lord is. Teach them what God did for you. And I think if you ignore that element with your country, with your patriotism, you're kind of doing yourselves and your children a disservice because you're neglecting to see this is the way God is. Again, we, we, the, the Roe versus Way decision. Look look at the, the, the victory that was won there, something that I get to tell my kids about 
prayerfully, Lord willing, in 15, 20 years and say, this is the way God blessed us here in a, in a time when we never thought that that was going to get overturned. It got overturned. It's a blessing. But we have to, as Jack said, we have to start thinking in that mindset of how do we get our children rather than just to be focusing on right now to go back and consider the way that God has blessed our country in the past. The other thing is your Christianity should make, uh, you know, we talk about being lights in this world. If your Christianity can make a better life, a better world for the people around you, that's a good thing. And and we've got this, it's such a weird, like, Gnostic, otherworldly, nothing on this world matters kind of view that that kind of is, is very strong in Christianity. And it's just not true. And it's one of the other things of if you're providing a culture that that leans towards one thing. I mean, right now we we had our public schools episode. People send their kids to public schools, and, and they're uh, hoping their kids dodge LGBT indoctrination, hoping their kids stay out of drugs, hoping they're like all these bad things that happen. And I mean, you read in the Old Testament, righteousness blesses a nation, and it talks about righteous rulers, and it talks about all of those kinds of things. And the more you're contributing toward that, the more uh, the better life you're making for the people around you. The the, the more you're showing the goodness of Christianity that. Uh, the idea of the gospel and the kingdom, it's not just the salvation of souls getting off of a sinking ship. It's this, this, you know, Midas touch that everything it touches gets better. And you think about that through history. You know, they, they're so down right now on the colonizers and all that stuff. But you think about the Aztecs and those cultures. Cultures of death, tens of thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands of murders, you know, children being killed and sacrifices and all those things. Christianity comes, things get better. You know, uh, you, you just look around the world um, where Christianity goes, things get better. And that should be the case for us as well in our our, our hometowns, our, our where we are, you know, the, our locations, the people around us that we're a blessing to the people around us. We're making things better where we are. And, and that's all you can do uh, is, is where you are. We've kind of got this whole world mindset of, you know, we need to fix the world for everybody. You can't do that. But you can, you know, uh, there's a quote somebody has of, Everybody wants to change the world. Nobody wants to help mom with the dishes. You know, like, we've, we've all got the grand plans, but the little things. And the little things are your patriotism, your place, the people around you that God has placed right in front of you. I, I preached on this the other day and talked about we're in this place. We're, I mean, people in our congregation from states all over the country. And yet we all ended up in the same town at the same time. And you think of the Esther quote, you know, uh, maybe God has you here for such a time as this. Your patriotism, that you're an American, that you're a citizen of the city you're in, the state that you're in, you can make that a better place through your Christianity, through that duty and taking it on. And when you just kind of reject the whole thing and basically like taking I'm just a passing through to an extreme that you're no good of this world, there's that another quote. I'm just going to keep dropping them. I think Johnny Cash even used this one of some Christians are so heavenly minded they're no good in this world. I think there's an element of that as well. That's such a key point. Like that's... That smacks me between the eyes, and, and probably a lot of us between the eyes. Of we sing the songs. I'm not saying we're not saying that this world is our home. We're not disputing that. But I think it is a. I love that Midas touch idea. Okay, well, know, I want to on the this world is not my home. That's true. But it's so funny that even in the same services we might sing this is, world is not my home, and we'll sing this is my father's world. Mm. Right. It's his. Yeah. It belongs to his. Jesus has authority. All authority has been given to him on heaven and on earth. That factors into this as well, you know. So I, I don't want to hijack your point there, but no, no, we're, we're, we kind of go different directions on that. We need to f- focus these things in the right way. And like you said, the culture being better in Christian cultures, like I said, the the Western 
hemisphere type thing um, is is majorly made better through Christianity. Um, that's not just due to evangelism, okay? That's not just due to um, how you did. Look, the very idea of writing. What was the 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 very idea of um, the printing press? What did it, what was the first thing printed? The Bible, right? All of these inventions, if you really were to track inventions and, and the way that culture is made richer and better, and so many of those things have to do with Christian values, Christian principles, furthering Christianity, and taking where we are in here, you know, where we are in life, and recognizing we have an opportunity to improve this life for others. And truly thank God that that took place. Thank God that the printing press was invented. Thank God that, that you know, things like that were made to further the gospel, to further the spread, and and so part of that is recognizing we're here, like you said for that Esther quote, in the in the here and now for a reason, and not just I want to make a better world for my kids because right. that's a distinctly Christian or a distinctly American thing I think to not think at all about the next generation and to just hey we live in the here and now there's no culture we're trying to get rid of culture we're trying to go back and say the founding fathers were wrong and we're trying to go back and and erase like you talk about the colonizers and erase our history erase our heritage and make it all about the me and the here and the now and how how this all affects me and I don't think about the future and that that very much does come into Christianity it very much comes into like we're not setting up the church and we're not really setting up this country for my great-great-grandkids. We're setting it up in the here and now, going, well, this world's not my home. Yeah, but it will be their home for a time, okay? And will it be better or worse? And that can be affected based on what we do in the here and now. So I'm going to transition here, I think, to our last point, which is what is our duty? What, what is your duty as, a, as an American Christian, as we're considering Independence Day, 4th of July, we're all celebrating, right? But what is our duty here, Jack? You mentioned that, that that's really the, that's what patriotism is all about. Less, less about the rights more about the duty, and when we do our duty, we have rights and such, certain inalienable rights. Um, at the same time, what should we be doing as Christians in America? I think part of it starts with being mindful of the things that are going on in our nation and taking those in prayer to God, right? There are certain individuals, there are certain people, I should say, out there who will try to say, we really shouldn't be tuned into culture. We really shouldn't be tuned into society or, or anything that's going on in our country. We should just be focused on spiritual things, kind of like what you guys are talking about. And part of our duty spiritually as a, again, American Christian is to be conscious of the things that are going on and to take those in prayer to God. You know how many millions of prayers have been sent up about the, the abortion decision uh, in the last, again, decade or even more than that? You know how many millions of prayers have gone up over the, the the struggles that we see in our country. Those are things that are our responsibility. Those are things that are duty. And if you're somebody who is a, uh, somebody who's a follower of Christ, you should be praying for those things, not just for America, of course, but as a citizen of America, why not start there, right? Why not start with, Hey, let me, let me, let me take my country. Let me take its leaders uh, to God on, uh, or let me take, take them to God on their behalf for the things that the decisions that they're making, the laws that are going into place. So that's a huge part of it is making sure that in your prayer life, as you're talking to God, as you're taking your petitions before him, that you're considering your country, that you're considering your nation, the, the, the laws and the things that are going into effect again, not to keep beating a dead horse, but with the, with the Supreme court decision, I don't think we could say that prayer didn't play a part in that. I don't think we could say that the millions of prayers that have been going up on, on that behalf were just wasted. No, that was something that, that was a duty and a responsibility of us as Christians. Yes, as Christians first, but also of us as Americans as well. First Timothy 2 makes that very clear, right? That 
entreaties and petitions be made on behalf of all men, but a bit be made on behalf of the kings and the rulers and the authorities, right? Right, so, exactly. Um, the funny thing about that is, as you continue on that passage, because people kind of always put, like, a political view, you know, engagement or, or just attention to politics as the opposite of evangelism, why are we supposed to pray for them so that we can lead a tranquil and quiet life and all godliness and dignity, but then it goes right into evangelism? You know, that, that we can win them over. And, and so, like, that's part of it is praying that they would give us the space to do that part of our job. And so uh, these things are not totally separate spheres the way that we like to make them. And I think one other scripture to bring into this is in First and Second Thessalonians, Paul was dealing with those Christians who essentially were putting their lawn chair on the roof going, all right, Jesus, come back any day now. I'll, I'll be here. And he's like, get back to work. What are you doing? Right. And I think there's a lot of that in this, of not wanting to engage, not wanting to pray, not wanting to, to be a part or, or to, to do better, you know, to, to help things be better here, is that just look into the sky and, oh, it's all going to burn, and, you know, it's it's really just all about heaven. It's like, uh, that is at the, that's the key to everything, but that should make you be involved here. That should make you, you know, again, like I said, that Midas touch that the kingdom has of making things better where you are. And so being a good citizen is part of this practical we pray for our leaders. We pray for those who rule, as the Bible brings up multiple times. We submit to them as far as we can. We talked about that on our, our nationalism episode uh, back in February. And so this 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 episode you know has some overlap, but I, I'd recommend going back to that one as well for a deeper discussion. We submit to them. We, we be good citizens. We're not rabble-rousers. We're not people stirring up trouble. We're people who are um, submitting to them as necessary and when not necessary, when, when not... Uh, when when God expects us to do otherwise, we do otherwise, and we, we're showing the example that way. And so, um, I don't know, I, I just feel like a, one of the other practical things we can do, Christian political understanding is so shallow. It's just so missing. Uh, this stuff matters. This stuff affects real life. This stu- and, and in an ideal world, the average person doesn't have to be that political. We don't live and, in the ideal world, if you haven't this noticed. This is coming... Keep in mind, this is coming, Jack, from you, a guy who used to be in the "we need to be above it" camp. Am I right? I mean, that's that's kind of the way that you 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 have come a long way in your thinking as far as what role politics plays. I there's a lot of factors into that, and I I am a big believer that if you haven't changed some view in some way in the two years since COVID started, your your head's in the sand. I mean, like we live in a different right. world. There are a lot of lessons to be learned from that. But the other thing is, I have four kids now, and when I go to the park and find you know, uh, at the park, Joe and I grew up at, you know, needles in the parking lot. This is not good. And the idea that like, this is, you know, as world's not my home, like, but we do live here, you know, and, and we're supposed to make it a better place and we're supposed to be part of this. And and like, and again, you just look at everything going on in the world, the, the, the trans stuff, trying to force kids into transgender. I don't want my drag queens in schools. Yeah. yeah, I don't want my kids funneled into that. And I, I don't want anybody else's kids funneled into that. And so then you start advocating for uh, school choice, for for making sure homeschool laws stay short up and, and, you know, strong and all that, because this stuff matters. This stuff, it affects souls. And when when we stay so far above it all, which, again, I used to, I I was just dead wrong on this, Uh, you know, very uh, disengaged, very kind of above it all. And, And I think there's kind of a view of not getting our hands dirty, but it all matters it all ties in it's all you know something that god what is what has god asked of me is the question we have here being a good citizen helping make life better for the people around me and and we've talked about you know for years that 
that looks different for us than it did for the Roman Christians. Under a Caesar, it's a whole different thing than a place like this where I can show up to my city council meeting and talk. I can be involved in who's the, the chief of police. I can, like, they didn't have some of those luxuries that we have, and so you can help make things better for the people around you, make things better for your kids. Again, that posterity, that duty to carry on what was passed down to you and gratitude for that and duty to pass on and, and provide a good life for your kids and grandkids and, and you know, Lord willing, as, as the time goes on. And so I just, I don't know. I Like I said, if, if, if this all hasn't changed your mind in some way or another, maybe, I mean, there's a lot of people that, that were right from day one, but... Um, I think there was a lot of opportunity for observing about how the world really works and, and what God really wants from us out of all of it. I think for it's interesting, while the Christians were getting less and less politically engaged, 80s, 90s, into the 2000s, right? Consider what the progressives were doing. Consider what the Marxists and, and, and the commies and people like that were doing during that time. Pushing the gay agenda, right? Pushing abortion big time, pushing consumerism and, and just you know, this, this love for self. And the interesting thing is they push the me, me, me more than anybody, but they also, the way they accomplish that is by thinking long-term and having this 30, 40 year vision that's really coming to fruition. Now they have the gay manifesto. What was that? 1982 or something like that. I mean, way back. And, and those things are coming to fruition because they did think long-term about the culture they wanted to create in America. And it happened. Meanwhile, Christians are getting politically disengaged and you can't help but wonder if, if they had not been, would those things happen? If we had been more engaged, would the culture have stayed more? Um, and, and we talked about this in the Christian National. Can you honestly say that having needles in the park and, and having um, drag queen story hour is better than what people in the 60s had growing up, people in the 70s? Even And that's what the sexual revolution, all those things. I realized it wasn't perfect back then. But are you telling me that it is better now than it has been in the past when we were a quote-unquote Christian nation? Like, come on. And if there's a way that we can engage to help foster that back and, and to help morality be kind of something that, you know, the average person is bowing down to Christ or at least to his morals, that moral standard, I think that's a positive thing and we should use whatever means um, as long as it's, again, appropriate, any means necessary, not, uh, not anything bad, but part of that is going to be through the political engagement. So um, for that... Fellas, any, any last thoughts before we kind of wrap this up? One, one last thing. Sure. What are you guys doing for July 4th? Ah, good question. I came into to Colorado uh, to celebrate with my family, and um, I'm going to be flying out next week um, with, with them for um, going to Seattle. But, um, yeah, we came in specifically just so we could celebrate. I think we're actually – we did this last year. It was a lot of fun. We got a hotel in Westminster, and this hotel – can see like it's it's just an amazing uh, setting and you can see like everything and so last year I think we counted like 17 different shows that you could see from the hotel wow um, it's just gorgeous I mean it's it's amazing so uh, we booked one of those and I think we're going to try to enjoy the the shows as much as possible and I'm sure my mom or my wife will cook something amazing so that's kind of our our plan there uh, how about you guys man uh, hot you dogs. got mine beat. Yeah, simple. I mean, hot dogs, fireworks. We got a peach cobbler from the local peach orchard. We're gonna Ooh. heat up. So oh, yeah. pretty excited about that. Will? Well, uh, it's no secret we're recording this ahead of time uh, when this drops, uh, and on July fourth, I will be at my third camp of the year. Uh, so it's uh, first and second grade week at, at Camp Wiregrass. We got about thirty members of our congregation going, so it's gonna be fun. We are shooting off a big fireworks show on Wednesday. It won't be on uh, actual July fourth, but um, yeah, I will be in. 
hundred degree weather and taking care of first and second graders. So, but uh, are you going to give all well, your first and second graders firecrackers and, and sparklers <laughs> and let them light the camp on fire? I probably would not be invited back <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's fun. My wife and uh, seven month older are going with us. Are going with me as well. So it would be a nice, nice, nice family event. So very cool. Uh, before we finish, you know, I. I just on the patriotism thing, loving your country is okay. Don't make it an idol. Be careful. It's okay. Um, uh, Joe, you mentioned Seattle. Why don't you plug your uh, speaking up there? Maybe uh, we might have some listeners who can come out here. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're very nice. Um, yeah, I'm going to be up in uh, Puyallup, Washington. I believe it's at um, Lakeview Church of Christ, and it's the um, it's a seminar they throw uh, that they put on every year, Faith Builders Conference. Um, that my wife's grandpa, actually, Ken Wilson, is the one that I think heads that up. But, um, yeah, he's having me come out. I got seven hours to speak on the topic of sexuality, so if you want to hear that, which most people don't, but if you want to hear that, um, yeah, come on down. Well, they got a bunch of good speakers, not just me. They got Joe Wells, they got Glenn Colley, they got um, Mark Jamison, Hiawatha Jones. Um, I'll be there, and, and I believe Sheila Butt, I think, may be there as well. Um, and so... Hey, it should be a really good time. That will be taking place. Let me check the calendar. I fly out the 6th. So I believe it's the, the 7th through the 9th of July, um, that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Lakeview Church of Christ, which I think is just south of Puyallup, um, Washington. And uh, so if you just look up Faith Builders, you should be able to find that. But, uh, yeah, thanks, Jack. That's yeah. we'll, I'll be there speaking. If you're one of the deep thinkers uh, in the Pacific come Northwest, me. come uh, <laughs> go listen to Joe. Come find him. Tell him that Jack is your favorite host. And uh, make sure, make him a little self-conscious about all that. And I guarantee you nobody will tell him that. That's, that's, that's exactly it. It's really true. I, I don't even want to put a I'm poll out because I don't want to see the numbers about how far distant and third I finish. Um, all right. As always, uh, share your thoughts with us. Uh, likes, reviews. Uh, the we got people coming after us on uh, on Apple Podcasts again. Yeah, so we got another one star. We, we need help. Balance star. us out, people. Drop a yep. five star. Tell us <laughs> tell us uh, what you enjoy, what you'd like to hear. Uh, we appreciate everyone who listens. And we'll be back uh, on more of a normal schedule starting next week.